standing for the reading of the scripture, which is found on page 1785 in your pew Bibles, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. Hear the word of God. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each of you is a part of it. This is the word of God for the people of God. All right, so we're continuing our series on the gifts of the Spirit, and I just want to say real quick, if you are still interested, there are still a few more tests back there that you can take to find out what your spiritual gifts are. So I did kind of break from what we had been doing in that reading that same scripture about all those various part, those various gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I moved on to talking about parts of the body, and that is because these next three are somewhat controversial in churches like ours. I'm sure that some of you, maybe even possibly all of you, but probably not, have some kind of judgment or thought on the gift of speaking in tongues. Am I wrong? I know no one wants to say, and I'm not asking you to say, but I did at one time. So I know that it's likely that some of you may have thoughts of, and not only speaking of tongues, but miracles, performing miracles. And then, of course, the interpretation of tongues. These are the last three that we need to talk about in the first nine that Paul speaks of in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So this is not a Pentecostal church, but if this were a Pentecostal church, we'd have people speaking in tongues probably all over the place. Why? Is it real? Well, let me tell you that if it was not in the Bible, it would not be real. 
The fact that it is in the Bible means that people can do it. Now, as I've been saying all along, the enemy can and does hijack all of these gifts in some fashion. With the gift of knowledge, there's mediums. With the gift of prophecy, there's psychics. With all the other gifts, we could go through the list and say how they either hijack them, they fake them, they derail them, they make you think they're not real. So there are people who say they can speak in tongues that are not speaking in tongues through the gift of the Holy Spirit. But there are people who are speaking in tongues, say they can, and are speaking through the gift of the Holy Spirit. It does happen. And there are people that will interpret when someone speaks in tongues, will know what they're saying. But let's talk for a minute about what it really means to speak in tongues. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, the disciples were gathered, and something like tongues of fire came upon their heads, and they began speaking in languages that they did not know. That's the key. They began speaking in languages they did not know. It'd be like if I were to speak in tongues right now, I would speak in the language like, let's say, French. I know a couple words, that's it. And I could start speaking in French, and I know there's somebody out here that knows French that would be able to interpret it. I'm not going to attempt it, because I would make a fool out of myself. No parlez-vous francais here, okay? Spanish, I could do a little bit better, but it's been many years. Something else like Swahili. You probably wouldn't even know it was Swahili if I started speaking in Swahili. Unless the Holy Spirit moved upon you to say, hey, that's Swahili. Here's what he said. See, it's not something you can do on your own, both speaking in tongues and the interpretation. They come from the Holy Spirit. So on the day of Pentecost, these men are speaking to people who are in Jerusalem, but don't speak Hebrew or Aramaic. They're not speaking that, but they understood. And they said, how is it that we understand them in our own language? Let's just say someone that spoke Spanish was there. And they hear Peter talking. And Peter's just going on and on about the Messiah in Spanish. Peter doesn't know what he's saying, but that person's hearing it and saying, whoa, I've heard about this guy named Jesus. So this is what, oh, now it's all making sense. So not only is the Holy Spirit speaking through Peter, the Holy Spirit's working in that person to understand the gospel. So we can't, as limited human beings, I can't stand up here and teach you a lesson and then come and sit with every single one of you and say, here's what I'm trying to say to you. I, I can only speak and then I can't be in more than one place at a time, but the Holy Spirit can. So I could start speaking in some language and you could all be sitting there and God could be saying, here's what he's saying. Okay, that's what this gift is for. Now, the way it gets hijacked is, the way most things in this world get hijacked. Let's say that, think of a good example here. Let's say we're, we're, I told everybody, hey, right after the service, we're going to go play football in the park. Okay? Some of you are going to be like, ooh, I don't know if I want to play football. Some of you are going to be like, yeah, all right. Can I coach? You know, some of you are going to be interested. Some of you are not. Okay? But if you want to feel like you're not being left out, you might fake it a little bit and say, hey, 
I can play. Throw me the ball. Okay? And you might stumble and you might catch it. And you catch it like, oh, they got the gift. He caught the ball. That's what happens a lot. Now, I can't tell you when it's happening and when it's not. Not all the time, anyway. Sometimes I can be around people and know if they're truly speaking in tongues or not. But a lot of times people, and it, it could be anything, not just football, it could be anything. You want so badly to be a part of what's going on that you will allow the enemy to fake it in you because they love that. That's something that's touching on the human pride. I don't want to feel like I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to start babbling, okay? There's no one around that's going to interpret babble. No one speaks babble because it's everybody's own language. So if someone's babbling, just speaking and making it sound good, no one's going to interpret it. But no one's going to know that they're not speaking in tongues, right? It happens, unfortunately. But at the same time, someone can come up to you and say, hey, I have the gift of prophecy. And I'm going to tell you that God has a plan for you. And God is telling me right now to tell you that tomorrow it's going to rain, okay? And the rain you need for your garden is coming. And you could be saying, oh, man, I've been praying for rain. But maybe it hasn't rained for days and you've been praying for rain. And that person could be just faking it to go along. So any of these gifts can be faked. Okay, so I'm not picking on Pentecostals. I'm telling you right now that there are people, and there could be people here right now, that if the Holy Spirit wanted to, could come upon you and start speaking, make you start speaking in tongues. It can happen. And let me tell you, if it does, you're probably going to be like, what's going on? Okay, unless you've done it before. And that happens with every gift. You get a word of knowledge, you're like, where did that come from? Or you pray for someone, and they get healed. And you're like, whoa, thank you, God. That's how these gifts start, just like anything else. When we learn that 2 plus 2 equals 4, we're like, how did you get that? Oh, 1, 2, 1. Oh, I see, that's 1, 2, 3, 4. Oh, it makes sense now, okay? It's the same kind of concept with these gifts, that as God gives them to you and you start using them, you start experiencing them, then they make more sense, and you don't even have to put your fingers together. You say, two plus two, four. Or is it three? No, it's four. <laughs> but you would question yourself sometimes. You will. Every one of these gifts, you will question yourself, did that really come from God, or did that come from the enemy? But that's part of the relationship, okay? So I don't want to spend a lot of time belaboring whether speaking in tongues is fake or not. It is, sometimes it is fake, sometimes it is not. How do we know? If someone can interpret it, then we know it's not fake. If someone has the gift of discernment and says, I'm telling you right now, the Lord's telling me that that person is fake. If you trust that gift of discernment, then that was fake. Or if they're telling you, I'm telling you, that person was speaking in tongues. And honestly, I have been around people that I know they were truly speaking in tongues. Only once did I know what one, the person was saying. I talked about that last week. But other times I've said, get away from me, you're, you're, you're fake. Or I've said, I have no idea what you're saying, but that's pretty, pretty cool that God is using you in this way right now. With speaking in tongues, it goes, broadens off in 1 Corinthians 14 and in other places. It goes into 
praying in tongues. And that's something I don't really have time to get into today, but maybe we'll come back to that sometime. And it's different than the gift of speaking in tongues. But the gift of speaking in tongues is speaking in a language that you do not know and someone else can accurately interpret. Because like I said, you can't interpret Babel. So it's easy to fake, but then again, all these gifts are easy to fake. So miracles. Do miracles exist? I think many of us would say miracles do exist. Miracles come in many forms. There are people who can walk up to someone, touch them, pray over them, and instantly they're healed. There's people that can be in a wheelchair and stand up and walk. It happened in the Old Testament, and it does still happen today. The Holy Spirit will not be stopped, no matter what. No matter what anybody believes, you can say it's fake, but God's still going to do it if he wants to, and it does happen. I don't personally know anyone that has this gift. doesn't mean that someday I won't. Maybe some of you have it. I don't know. If you do, share it with me. I would love to know. But it's not always fake. What about the people on TV? I could tell you, I'm not going to do this, but I could tell you a couple of them. I can watch the television and say, this guy is more fake than a $3 bill. You can spot a $3 bill, right? It's got number three on it, and we know that there's no such thing. <laughs> but there's others that I sit there and I watch them and I think, well, I'm not getting that they're fake, but I, mean, I guess I have to believe that what just happened happened. There's a, a person who's been in a wheelchair for a long time. Uh, Joni Erickson Tata is her name. You may have heard of this name. She's a rather famous Christian teacher. Um, she was in some kind of an accident. I can't remember if it was a horse accident, but whatever it is, she went to a person one time that was a faith healer, and she's at this conference, and people are dropping their crutches, they're getting out of wheelchairs, and she's thinking, it's it, God's going to heal me today. This person is the real thing, performing miraculous healings. Joni goes up there, her husband pushes her up, and then pushes her away. She never stood up. Why? God has used her injury her disability to touch countless lives, okay? If the Holy Spirit doesn't want to move upon you and heal you miraculously, doesn't mean he doesn't like you. Doesn't mean that it's not going to happen someday. It's just not the right time. Doesn't mean the person that's healed five others is fake because those five others walked out of there when they had to be pushed in or on crutches coming in. It happens. It's rare, I believe, at least in, um, as far as my experience goes. Maybe some of you have seen it more, but it does happen. Okay? So I want to move from speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues and miracles into this next part about what we read this morning, because so often those three things and prophecy, we'll throw that one in there. A lot of people like deny the gift of prophecy. Don't deny it. It's incredibly real. But they like to deny it because, eh, you know, it could be faked and you can't see it and, you know, it just doesn't seem right. That's like the eye saying to the ear, I don't need you. It's like the head saying to the foot, you're painful, get away from me. Off with the feet. 
if you, your head can say that, but it's not going to happen, okay? You can say that it's fake, but it doesn't mean that it is. So what I'm getting at is all of these gifts that God gives us individually, by the way, I've said this before, we all have at least one. And there's more than just the nine we've talked about. We'll co cover a few more in the coming weeks, but these are like the nine most popular or the power gifts, if you will, the ones that are talked about the most. They're real. People have them. People use them. People abuse them. I read recently on Facebook, the guy, this guy's saying, offer a donation through PayPal and I'll give you a prophetic word. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, why do you do that? That's abuse. I know this guy has the gift of prophecy. I've heard him talk. But now he's asking for money. He's on a slippery slope there. So it can be abused. But what I'm saying is, for us to just discount them and say, because I'm not Pentecostal, I can't speak in tongues, because I'm not Pentecostal, I don't believe, that's, that's a dangerous, slippery slope as well. Because that's going against what the Word of God says. The reason this passage comes right after, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but I had been reading verses 7 through 12, and I started with verse 12 today. So he's talking about all these gifts, and then he goes into, we're one body. He did that on purpose. I may have broken it up over the last couple of weeks, but Paul, in writing that, said, here's the gifts. Here's why you don't negate them. Here's why you need to believe them. Here's why they're real. Here's why God does this. We're all parts of one body. We're all parts of one body. And when one is suffering, the whole body suffers. I smashed this finger in a door car door one time. Getting out of the side of a van, I put my hand up on the, by the front door to kind of pull myself out. I was a little heavier back then. And somebody shut that door right on the tip of that finger. And let me tell you, my feet didn't feel the pain, but my feet suffered. My eyes suffered when I looked at it. And my ears were suffering and those around me as I screamed. So the whole body suffers when we suffer. But also, when you rejoice, you know that feeling that just comes over you from your head down to your toes. So we're all parts of one body, collectively the body of Christ. We talked today in our prayers about the man who owned the Sakura that passed away. That's suffering. That hit hard for many of us. We're all suffering. And when we rejoice, we all rejoice together. When someone prophesies, we all prophesy together in a sense. We hear it, we understand it, or we deny it. When someone speaks in tongues, we let them speak and then pray that someone can interpret. When someone performs a miraculous healing, we thank the Lord and we say, great, thank you, Lord. But when we say, oh, you're fake, you're phony, you're doing the work of the enemy when you do that. You're denying the power of God. You're denying the power of God because it's God's power that's doing it. It may be uncomfortable. I, I'm not going to deny it. The first time I was in the presence of someone speaking in tongues, I'm like, what in the world is going on here? But don't deny it 
Because you could be in a room full of phonies, or you could be experiencing the Holy Spirit at work. And wouldn't that be a great thing to experience the Holy Spirit at work? So consider what Paul's saying, how we're one body. Because most people don't walk on their hands, okay? And some people can pick up things with their toes, but most people don't pick up things with their feet, okay? And though we, our brains do a lot of the work, the rest of our bodies, individually, very important. Very important. Put together in a unique way by God for incredible purposes. I mean, we could get into thinking about how our thumbs are opposable to our fingers so we can grip something and pick something up. That's an amazing creation of God. If he had not done that, our hands would not be as useful as they are. But God put it all together, and he put all these gifts together for a unique purpose. Now, in the coming weeks, we're going to be talking about different gifts like service, hospitality, um, exhortation. And we may not cover all of them completely, but we're going to be talking about more. The gift of evangelism. You don't have to be an evangelist to have the gift of evangelism. You don't have to be a pastor to have the gift of shepherding or being a pastor. Let that one sink in. There are some things. You don't have to be a teacher to have the gift of teaching. So we're going to talk about those in the coming weeks, but just remember that all of them come from God and not from the individual. Because I'm telling you that I don't know when, I can't put a time on it, God won't give me a time, but you're going to start seeing more if you haven't already seen these gifts at work in some people. People are going to start standing up, stepping out, and using their gifts. Many of you have been using your gifts and didn't even know you had it. Like the gift of administration. Can you organize things really well? Do you take control of a meeting and make it flow? That's the gift of administration. Yes, that's a gift from the Holy Spirit. Leadership. Are you a leader? That's a gift that comes from the Holy Spirit. Service. Do you serve? There are so many people in this church that have the gift of service, whether you realize it or not. Take that test. It'll show you. It'll show you. But beyond those gifts as well, and that's when Paul is talking about, you know, sometimes we, we put more emphasis on the head because it does so much instead of the feet, but they're all equally important. Service is as important as prophecy, as important as healing, as important as administration. They're all important. And they all come from God. But we're going to be seeing more of the bigger ones and more people realizing and understanding the ones that they have, whether they're the, the top nine or some of the others. And if, you're if you've taken that test and it says, hey, I've got the gift of healing or I've got the gift of prophecy, don't hide. Don't take it from me. Don't hide from it. Because once you embrace it and you say to God, okay, I'm ready. 
You're going to be scared. You're going to be nervous. What am I going to do? God will show you. But you have got to say to him, I am ready to receive it. Because he's never, ever going to force it upon you. He will never force anything upon anyone. There's not a person that has ever lived or died or is living right now who God has forced anything upon them that went against their will. Now, there are times when he may make things happen and may use you as it without you realizing it. But if we could get right down to the brass tacks, he would not have forced you. Only he knows how that works. But I'm telling you, he won't force you, and especially with these gifts. I take your attention back to the parable of the talents. The one who had five gifts and used it to get, or five talents and used it to get five more. The one who had three and used it to get three more. They were rewarded for using what they had. But the one who had the one talent and buried it and did not use it to get anything more, God was very angry. Don't bury your gift. Don't be afraid of whatever it is. Take it to God. Ask me, I'll help you. I'll pray along with you. We'll figure it out together. Don't bury what God has given you. And don't be afraid to ask for more. If you've got one and you want another one, you've got one in particular you want, ask God. He'll help you get it. He will. Because that's who he is. But you have got to step forward and say to God, I'm ready. Use me. I don't care how you say it. Because take it from me, you can say, I don't understand this, I don't want any part of this. And he won't, he'll keep, he'll, he'll keep getting it. He'll keep using it. But you'll be missing out on so much. And they're enjoyable for us, but they're also for building up the church. God uses all these gifts to help others in every single way. So please take that with you this week. That's your homework, as Ian would say. That's your homework for this week. Take the test if you want to. Ask God what it is he wants you to do. Ask him for something new. Ask him to help you if you are in unbelief. Ask him to remove the doubt. Because the time's coming soon when you're going to have to make a choice. Am I going to believe what I just saw, or am I going to say that that person's faking it? He gives the gift of discernment to whoever asked for it. Ask for discernment, and you'll know whether it was real or not. And then, if you're willing to accept, it will enhance your relationship with him every step of the way. And the more enhanced your relationship is with God, the closer you're going to get to God, the more you're going to understand God, the less you're going to sin, and the more joy is going to fill your heart. Because you'll push the enemy away, but they're going to come at you even harder, but they're going to hit a brick wall when they come at you as you get closer to God. It's for our own good. I hope you're with me. I feel that you are. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for these gifts, the power gifts, the most popular gifts, whatever they're called. We're thankful, Lord, that they exist and that we can be a part of it. And help us, Lord, as we continue to talk about the other gifts that you'll, you'll teach us and guide us and, and we'll know what, 
we have and what we don't have and what we can, can have. So continue to carry us through these weeks and as we just continue to discuss and help us to know. But most of all, Lord, help us to receive. Help us to believe. Remove any doubts that we may have and then help us to know how you want us to use these incredible gifts you've given us. And most of all, Father, use it to enhance and build our relationship with you so we can know you and your power and know your son greater than ever before. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.